there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and that you as our listeners would be edified. If you're new to the podcast, I would encourage you to please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find out a lot more information about us. We have a statement of faith there, a way of contacting us with your Bible-type questions. We have a prayer request page there as well, a podcast index page of past questions that we have answered on the podcast to help you locate those a little easier, and a way of also financially supporting us. We pray and hope that you would always consider such a thing, that you would always pray for the podcast to be successful. Each week it continues to grow uh, more and more, and we're so thankful for that. We uh, have listeners from all over the world, and uh, we are grateful. In over half, if not more, uh, percentage-wise, our listeners are outside the USA, and so that we uh, tells us something here about America. Today we're kind of have a follow-up type question. It has to do with... Uh, Last week's podcast about my thousand-year reign of Christ and all. If you missed that or any other podcast, I would encourage you to go to our webpage and listen to previous podcasts. I know you can also do that on your podcasting apps, so if you please hit that like button and follow us, you'll get an alert each week that we have released our podcast. We're going to talk about, has the law of Moses been done away with? Has the law of Moses been done away with? And again, like I said, this is a, a question that uh, came in. It's a kind of a follow-up from what we did last week. Apparently something I said triggered this thought with this listener. And so we're going to follow up. First of all, I want to open up by saying, obeying the law of Moses is not a path to higher ground for those claiming to believe Jesus as the Messiah. Keeping any part of the law does not make you any closer to Jesus. It does not mean that you're a better imitator of Jesus than someone who is not keeping the law of Moses in part or in its entirety. Of course, the statement is Jesus was a Jew and he lived and died as a Jew. That is very correct. He was a Jewish man. Something else that's really drastically missing would be the temple uh, for animal sacrifices that's required under the law of Moses. The important thing, I think, and believe is to look at Acts chapter 15. And if you have a Bible... Please follow along. We will be doing quite a bit of reading. If you have a Bible, please open it up and follow along. You can also download a Bible off the Internet. You can buy one in America really fairly cheap. Uh, there's actually Bible apps that you can just download your favorite Bible. Some of them are free, and some of them you you can pay a little a couple of dollars for, depending on what you want uh, version. If you want advertisements at the bottom of your screen or not. And so uh, that would be totally up to you. So again, in today's podcast, we're going to touch on this idea 
Is the law of Moses still in force today? I believe it should be noted that Jewish people, even in their day and time of Jesus uh, and prior, and really the days after the resurrection, Jewish people cannot even follow the law of Moses to the letter of the law. And they, they admit this in the what is known as the Jerusalem Conference. In Acts chapter 15, verse 10, it says here, Since is the case, why are you putting God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our forefathers nor we have been able to bear? And so uh, they're acknowledging that the law of Moses is a pretty tough law uh, to follow. Verse 20 says that we write to him and tell him to abstain from things contaminated by idols, uh, from acts of sexual immorality, and from what has been strangled uh, from blood. Verse 21, from the ancient generations, Moses has those who preach him in every city since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So, and I think these verses are a little bit misinterpreted. I uh, in the discussion with the man who's asked this question, uh, he uses this verse uh, to hang his hat on that the law of Moses is still in effect. And that's not what I read. It, they're just basically replying back uh, to the Gentile church who has questions about circumcision. Do they have to follow the law of Moses first, then become a Christian? And the long and the short of it is really this. You are a Christian, you do not have to be circumcised, and they kind of hang out these couple things here. Uh, contaminated by idols, things from idols, idol worship. I think that would be very uh, appropriate statement to make. Acts of sexual immorality, and immorality is nothing new in the world. We have it horribly in our society, and they had a problem with it in their society. And that what has been strangled from blood. And so the, the, the gentleman in his statement in question basically was, uh, that is the law of Moses. They're telling them to follow it. No, they're not. No, that's not what it's saying. It is saying from the ancient generations, Moses has those who preach him. So currently going on from the ancient generations to now, Moses has been preached in every city and he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. In other words, they're reading the scriptures. And so, how were people converted in the days of Pentecost? It was using the Old Testament. And they used the Old Testament scripture to show a Messiah was coming, to show and prove that Jesus was the Messiah. They did not have a New Testament wrote yet. Okay, you and I are very fortunate to live this far on the side of the cross as Christians to have a New Testament literature for us. Jesus himself, while walking on the earth, teaching the gospel message, declares all foods clean. Okay, so this idea you have to eat kosher uh, in order to be a Christian today is false. Is it good for you? Is it healthy? Whatever. I don't have any arguments with that. We try to to eat healthy and, and best our finances will allow us to do. 
But notice here Mark 7 verse 19. Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated. Therefore, he declared all foods clean. Okay, this is Jesus talking here. Again, all foods were declared clean in Peter's vision in Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 10. But when he became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky opened up like an object, a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And on it were all kinds of four-footed animals, crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the sky. Verse 13, A voice came to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and immediately uh, the object was taken up into the sky. So again, all foods have been made clean under the New Testament. People who are living under the New Testament. Now, you can eat those things under the law of Moses that were banned. Uh, today, sure, I think it's a health issue. I think it had to do with proper cooking and preparation. But the epistles are also important here. We need to really sometime, I guess I need to go through the book of Galatians, because in, in Galatians chapter 3, starting around verse 17, Paul's going to explain that the law was a temporary schoolmaster leading to Christ. Like I tried to say earlier, the Old Testament was written uh, to show people a Messiah was coming. There was going to be forgiveness of sins. And since the schoolmaster was temporary, since his coming, that would be of Jesus' coming, uh, the law teaching has ended. Notice here in verse uh, 9 again, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles to which you want to be enslaved all over again? Verse 10, you you must methodically observe the days and the months and the seasons and the years. I fear Here's Paul. I fear I I perhaps have labored over you in vain. Okay, that was Galatians 4. In other words, turning to the law of Moses is choosing to be enslaved to weak and worthless things, according to Paul. Okay, so now in Galatians 5, verses 2 through 4, here's Paul says, Look, I, Paul, tell you that if you have yourselves circumcised, you have to understand he's talking to Gentiles who did not practice circumcision. And it, there, there's these Judaizers who are telling them they, they have to be circumcised in order to be saved. So Paul says that if you have yourself circumcised, Christ will be no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who has himself circumcised that he's obligated to keep the whole law. Okay, you cannot only observe part of the laws, what he's trying to say. Verse 4, you have been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified by the law. 
you have fallen from grace. A few verses down, same chapter, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, 6 through 13 here. It's going to be a little bit of a read here, but please follow along if you have your Bible. Who has also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death engraved in letters on stone came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses, because of the glory of his face fading as it was. How will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? It's a question that Paul is asking. Verse 9, For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness excel in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory, because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, which much more that remains in glory. Okay, verse 12. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. And we are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face, so that the sons of Israel would not stare at the end of what was fading away. Okay, again, that was Second Corinthians 3, verse 6 through 13. In other words, the law of Moses was engraved on stones as a ministry of death. Three times in this reading it says it is fading away and being replaced by the ministry of the Spirit. The writer of Hebrews also adds to this discussion. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. We're going to read verses 11 and 12. So if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? Verse 12. For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place change of law also. So, since the law of Moses and the priesthood are inseparable, and Christ's priesthood is not the priesthood of the law, Christ has done away with both the Levitical priesthood system and the law of Moses. This is an important passage for the truth that the law of Moses has been done away with. If the law is still in place, then Christ cannot be our high priest. And so there's part of this argument is, well, James says what we are still under the law of Moses. It has never been done away with. And notice here in James chapter 2, verse 10, 
For whoever keeps the whole law, yet stumbles in one point, has become guilty of all. Again, James is saying, hey, if you're going to practice the law of Moses and you mess up in one little area, you're in trouble. You're doomed. You're guilty of violating the entire law. Do not forget what we read earlier in Galatians chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. Again, any obligation to any part of the law of Moses binds us to the whole law of Moses. And when the old covenant was replaced by the new covenant, there was a complete replacing in terms of authority and requirement. No new covenant reinstating of old covenant rules is based on the Mosaic rules or law. This doesn't mean that moral law has gone away. The moral law has always been there since Genesis chapter 1. It has never gone away. Stealing, lying, cheating, adultery, all that, you know, immorality, that's always been a moral law that God's always had in place, and it's never going to go away. That doesn't mean it was not interwoven into the law of Moses. It is interwoven. linked within the New Covenant. The New Covenant rules is based not on this idea that we have to go and sacrifice idols, that we have to eat kosher foods. Instead, they have restarted in this framework of the New Covenant of grace. And that is the law that we live under. And I know I have a lot of listeners that really, truly believe the only way they're saved is either through a prayer or through baptism. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you wouldn't be able to pray to God and you would not be able to have baptism if it was not for the grace of God. That is really what we're under. We're under the law of grace. So in Acts chapter 15, the regulations in ruling are, are based on these that, so that uh, these offenses so that you may know that you're coming out of a Jewish belief system because you have to understand uh, the New Testament's really written to Jewish type people who are coming into Christianity or just total pagans, first century stuff. But it has every application. It hasn't changed since then. And it has nothing to do with the law of Moses. It's been done away with. Paul says so. Uh, The foods are good to eat. Jesus says so. Uh, Peter was told again, hey, it's okay to kill and eat. And what God has claimed and said is clean and okay, I don't question God. And so if somebody shows up and suddenly builds a temple in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden claims to be the Messiah, which we talked about last week, uh, and decides, hey, i got to make offerings and sacrifices. Uh, First of all, I'm not sure why uh, those who would believe that would be the Messiah, why would he offer sacrifices to himself? It doesn't really add up. There's nowhere even under the law of Moses in the Old Testament that God offered stuff to himself. It doesn't make sense. Anyone claiming to do that, I would really question very quickly as well. 
because there's no way under those that topic that we talked about last week that Jesus uh, can be king on this earth. He's in the bloodline and of kings, there is no doubt, from David. But if you read Matthew chapter 1, you'll find out there's some kings in there that are listed. After this king, there is no more kings on this earth from that bloodline. And so if you go back after Babylon, the, the Jewish people do return. The kings are usually appointed by somebody on the outside, but they are not from the bloodline. I've done away with. And so, uh, I mean, look at the time of Jesus, an appointed king, okay? Uh, Rome installed their kings, who was going to be their rulers. I, I know this is a real deep subject for a lot of us. I know it's also a popular teaching. And because it is takes time to study it and go in depth, People just take it and say, oh, that's got to be true. That guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. You know, and we all really need to read and study the Bible for ourselves. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. It is my deepest prayer and sincerity that we always teach the truth. We pray and ask God to always show us the truth. Uh, We take that real serious. And I'm not saying other people would not uh, say the same thing. I just really push you and encourage you, maybe would be a better word, to open a Bible and follow along. Again, these people who teach say, you don't need a Bible. I've got a new message. Uh, Those people are are red flashing lights for me. I'd be honest about it. Uh, I wouldn't trust them very far. And the reason is, if I can't find it in God's Word, then how do I really know it's from God? And I struggle with that, and you should too. And so, I I hope uh, you've enjoyed this podcast. I know it's a little different than what we normally do, uh, but this uh, was a question that was raised. We had uh, lots of good comments and reviews from uh, last week's podcast. We praise God for that, and we hope that that will continue. Please tell your friends and your family about us. Uh, We would appreciate that. Hit the like button and follow us. Uh, Again, you can go to our webpage and find our social media uh, accounts there and links and follow us on social media. Uh, We have people that uh, contact us through there as well. Again, I want to thank you for listening. And may God bless you and may he have the glory.